Hey guys, does capitalism have you down? Does the constant pressure to be productive get to you? Are you tired of being a cog in the machine? Productivity porn has created a business around making you think that you constantly need to be productive and you will lead a fulfilling life. However, this mindset has created unhappy, anxious, and burnt out people. On our podcast, we aim to entertain by providing useless information, just for the joy of it, and giving you time in the day to stop the gears of capitalism. And if you're thinking, what's the point of this podcast? Then we invite you to be a part of the revolution against toxic productivity by embracing the useless things in life. Welcome to episode 13 of the Very Unimportant People podcast. <laughs> Do less. Oh, I get it. It's because it's because 13 is spooky. Yeah, that's why I said, let's get spooky. Let's get spooky, I get everyone. I didn't get it then. I was like, okay. Episode 13, and for all you Taylor Swift stands, it's her favorite number. So shout out to Taylor. Aww. Shout out to Friday the 13th. Taylor. We are your hosts. I'm Lydia, and I invited myself to a wedding, and now I'm the flower girl. <laughs> <laughs> it's just amazing on so many levels. <laughs> Uh, and I'm Courtney, and I used miming lessons for the very first time in my life. Today. <laughs> um, you need to elaborate on that. There's just no way that's self-explanatory. Please give us more. Okay, so yeah, um, for those of you that don't know, Lydia and I were drama kids in mm-hmm. high school, um, and we had miming lessons for one of the. I guess. What what is it called? Like a... Units? Unit, One of the units. We had miming lessons, and I thought it was the stupidest thing ever, and I absolutely hated the miming unit, and I have never thought of it since. (laughs) Um, But today, I had this class, and these people were presenting, and they were doing, like, a very, like, creative, like, unique presentation form, and we were sent, like, a recipe a couple days ago, and I skimmed the email, which mm. was my first mistake, but I skimmed it. <laughs> okay. And I was like, oh, great, this recipe, we're all going to eat this food together. Um, so yesterday I went out and I got all the ingredients. And this morning I woke up and the first thing I did was like make this, it was like a tabbouleh salad. Mm. Oh. Um, so I made it all up and then I brought it to class with me and I put it down beside me and I was all excited. And then the class started and she started talking and I realized that we weren't supposed to make the salad. Oh. We were just supposed to buy the ingredients and that we were going to make the salad all together. Oh. At the same time with our <laughs> videos on. No, 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 no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no, 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 So, fast forward about two hours, we finally get <laughs> to the cooking part. Um, and I sent like a text message to Janaid and I was like, if you see me in the kitchen pretending to cut things, please just mind your own business. <laughs> and I basically like positioned my camera so that nobody could see my cutting board. And I got all the ingredients out and I had a knife in my hand and I was like miming the actions of cutting along. Courtney. And I'm, like squeezing the lemon. Oh my God. Tasting it. I just picked up the salad that I made this morning and I was like, wow. Genius. So cool. We made this all together. (laughs) What a fun experience. Yeah. That's how I used my miming lessons that I learned in like grade nine today. Wow. Make a salad. Oh my God. That's so amazing. The creative presentation ended up making you be more creative than you initially thought you would be. I mean, yeah. yeah, It's pretty lit. 
they didn't intend for acting to be incorporated into that presentation, but little did they know that I put it in there. <laughs> oh my god, uh, that's really funny. What was the presentation about? How does like salad incorporate to like um, your program? Um, it's like a very um, our professor is like very like creative and like hippie ish Mm. she's like a sociologist but she really likes um uh bringing in like non-traditionally academic forms into her teaching that's fun so they were just talking about like embodiment and um like how we embody relationships with the environment and like with i guess family and other people so the food was like a traditional dish that reminded her of her family and so we all like made the dish and then we talked about like our foods that remind us about like our families and our heritage and stuff like that yeah it was really sweet i know and that's why i didn't want to ruin the presentation by being like i already made it (laughs) yeah actually I'm, I'm just so glad that I didn't sit down with it. Yeah. Like, and you're like, the, hey, because I had it in my hand and I was going to show everyone that I had it with me, but something in me was like, no. Wait. And I'm so glad I listened to that intuition. Ugh, that that gut feeling. It it's always there for you guys. Always listen always to your listen gut to feeling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Segway into um, always ask. It never hurts to ask everybody. <laughs> like,. <laughs> I, I have never been happier because I knew this wedding was happening. It's like my childhood friend's brother is getting married. And like, I kind of became friends with the, his, in uh, what do you call it? Fiance over the summer. Fiance. Fiance over the summer. I don't and know like, why I we said it's, <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. We were cool. We have nicknames. We play Pokemon Go together. Like we always give each other gifts and stuff like that. How cute. And then, yeah, I know. It's great. And um, like two weeks ago, I hung out with my friend and I was like, um, they were, I don't remember what they were talking about. Something about like, oh, well, she doesn't know anyone at the wedding. And I was like, well, she could know me. Like, why don't I just come? She was like, that's a great idea. <laughs> and then they called me yesterday while I was in class. And they were like, so you RSVP to the wedding? I was like, hell yeah, I did. And they were like, we also have a job for you. And at first I was like, bridesmaid. <laughs> it was not a bridesmaid, obviously. I invited myself. Like, if it was a bridesmaid, it wouldn't... I oversold it a little bit, but it was, yeah, it was Flower Girl. So now I get to walk down the aisle. It was so ah! cute. I'm so excited, you guys. But isn't, like, just, isn't Flower Girl, like, traditionally a child? Yes. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> yes. I'm just I, trying to, like, imagine in their heads how this decision. I I don't know. I think they just had, like, no other I'm happy for you. Something. I mean, me too. I mean, you're going to have a bomb ass time being a flower girl you're right? gonna make a very very pretty flower girl thank you that's so sweet and i actually have experience a flower crown that's what the same thing i thought i was like i could do rapunzel styled hair maybe like flowers in the hair too like a flowy dress i don't know like can you have a little gecko? salt salt bay the the flowers you know what? the you know Salt Bay, like the oh, what is that? The guy with the salt that pours it. Oh on yeah, like yeah, yeah. You know what I'm talking about. The, yeah, yeah, the meme. Yeah. Yeah. Can you do that with the flowers down the aisle? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Okay, thanks. <laughs> I should just like throw it at people. <laughs> just chuck request. the flowers. Also, at also, um, can you wear some VUP merch? Yeah, of course, definitely. We're really looking for some like marketing opportunities, and I think this is a really good one. So no, I, t- I totally agree. You, just you know what I should do? do? I should just throw one. like stickers that say like VUP instead oh, yeah, yeah, of flower yeah. petals. 
Or, you know what? We'll get USB keys and we'll load um, all of our episodes onto them. Mm-hmm. And then we'll just throw the US... Well, you will. <laughs> I won't be there. <laughs> You'll throw the USB keys. That's a great idea. everyone. <gasps> and... Mm-hmm. Oh, here's another idea. You get to pick the song that you walk down the aisle to. So I'll just pick an episode of the podcast and walk down the aisle. Amazing. <laughs> Absolutely amazing. That's what I thought 100%. too. hundred I mean, percent. Yeah, let's do it. Like, Hey girl, congrats on your wedding. You look so beautiful right now walking down the aisle. <laughs> oh my God, look at that. And the groom, he's crying. That's so sweet. You guys sweet. are meant to be... You These such USBs a are sponsored girl. by very unimportant people. Please listen to the podcast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, your flower girl demands it. <laughs> but I actually have experience as a flower girl, too. I was a flower girl when oh, I was wow. five years old. <laughs> the, oh, the appropriate Amazing. age for a flower girl. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it's just fun. Like, I get to relive that. I mean... You know what, though? You probably got the job because of your experience. You're right. They looked at my resume and said, this checks out. Yeah. (laughs) They were like, yeah, that's the best candidate for the job. Does she remember doing the job? No. Is she going to be the best person for it? (laughs) Yes. Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah, really excited. Amazing. Well, I'm excited to hear about that. Yeah, Um, me too. Excited for everybody at the wedding to hear about our podcast. Yeah, same. It's going to be great. If anyone else is having a wedding soon um, and wants some promotional uh, giveaways, just let us know. Yeah. Just let us know. Uh, they will come at a cost, but you can, <laughs> you can let us know. We can provide those for you. We can provide you a link to our Shopify store. Yeah. If you want to play something during your first dance, too, we definitely recommend um, episode episode 12, <laughs> episode 13. Very good. Very relevant. Or Or we can also write you. We can, yeah, we can write you a song. That's a good one, yeah. And perform it uh, mm-hmm. for you to walk down the aisle at your wedding, too. Mm-hmm, Just let mm-hmm. us know. Um, we don't have, like, traditionally beautiful voices, um, but I think we sound pretty good. We're yeah. pretty good singer-songwriters. That's what makes it You've unique, heard a few of our songs, though. I think. I, yeah. yeah, I think you have. You oh, no. have. our song is on the Patreon. It's on the Patreon. I thought you were talking about the Redemption for Idiots song. The beat. Oh, we have that one too. That one was definitely in the episode, but we wrote like a little bit of a longer song. Oh, I love that. So if you invite us to your wedding, um, you will get to hear exclusive content that's only available on Patreon. You'll still have to pay for Mm -hmm. it, but you'll be able to hear it. Yeah, 100%. (laughs) Do you want your wedding to stand out or not? I mean, think about it. Come on, guys. People are going to remember your wedding forever if you play our song. In our podcast sponsorship while you walk down the aisle. First dance song also. Just do it. We could do that. Yeah. We could hook you up. Um, <laughs> we, know, we know people. <laughs> and also one last selling point before we move into the actual podcast that we're supposed to be filming. <laughs> um, <clears throat> is we're not famous now. Mm. But like we might be one day. And so if you invite us to your wedding and we do become famous. And when we do become famous of course. Yeah, of course. Um, you will always get to say that you had famous people at your wedding. Yeah, you could be so like, that's I, I knew them first as well. You get yeah. bragging before rights. Before they were famous. Exactly. You could be one of those cool people. Mm-hmm. I listened to them before they got famous. Yeah, everybody loves yeah. that person. <laughs> so don't you want to be that person that everybody <laughs> loves? <laughs> so yeah, feel free to contact us. I mean, our Instagram is at very.unimportant.people. So just let us know. I mean, like, no pressure, but... No pressure at all. Wedding of the century. 
Yeah, that's a pretty good, pretty good offer here. <laughs> Anyways, thanks for Anyways. coming to that cold open. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, now is the time of the podcast where we talk about the poll last week. So last week we talked about uh, airplane clapping and Medusa. So the first question I asked on the Instagram was, have you ever clapped when the airplane landed? We got a resounding 70% no and a 30% yes. So, I mean, 30%, I stand with you. <laughs> Very happy. I love that. You're with me. <laughs> I just had, like, a memory come back to me. Yeah. And I'll explain it in a minute. I'll let you carry on with this, but okay. just like a very embarrassing memory. Okay, go ahead. I'm excited. Okay. <laughs> and then contradicting that is, do you clap when the plane lands? So let me remind you the first one, have you ever clapped? 70% no. Do you clap when the plane lands? 93% no. Wait, that changed a lot. <laughs> okay, so the point is okay if you're wondering why <laughs> the questions are so similar um it's because my memory doesn't work and i the memory that just came back to me a second ago was the memory of me answering that first question okay? oh that memory just <laughs> came back to me of me sitting there and thinking about which answer i should pick okay so oh. i did answer the first question but then for some reason that memory just completely got erased from my mind and then i answered the medusa question mm -hmm. and then like literally for two hours i was checking my phone being like When's the next question coming up? That's so weird. I want to answer the next question. The airplane. <laughs> and then I texted Lydia and I was like, hey, are you going to add more questions to the Instagram? Because I just forgot that there were two already. And I thought that she'd only posted the Medusa one. And like, bless her heart, she answered my text and she was like, yeah, sure. What do you want me to put down? And I was like, maybe <laughs> you can just ask if people like clap when the plane lands. And she was like, okay, sure. And you did because you're so nice, but they're pretty much the same question. And now, you know what? I, I only just now remembered answering. Are you actually did that? I did it. So funny! Oh my god, that's so funny. You read it. I, I was don't like, remember oh. at all? Yeah. Like, oh shit! I do remember this very clearly. Yeah. To be fair, I thought that it was because I normally post three or four questions, and this week I only posted mm -hmm. two. So I was like, okay, she wants me to stay consistent. I love that, keeping me accountable, you know? But it, no, was just... it was literally because I thought that you had literally only posted a question about Medusa. Medusa and I was one. like, oh. I was literally waiting for the next question that I yeah. had already <laughs> answered. So funny. But the questions are different because yeah. have you ever clapped on a plane? 30% said yes. And then do mm -hmm. you clap on the plane? 7% said yes. So that means that yeah. some non-clappers do admit to clapping on mm. the plane. And norm like typically if you're just like going on a regular degular flight, it's only gonna be seven percent of people who are clapping. Big big old ninety-three percent no. But it's interesting that like the non-clappers actually admitted to <laughs> clapping on the plane once because you know maybe something happened like and that kind of touches on that like psychological effect that we were talking about yeah. about how like when people hear people clapping around them they just like start clapping so maybe yeah. that's why yeah. a bunch of non-clappers have actually clapped on planes yeah i love that it's very interesting mm -hmm. um so the medusa question was 
Do you think Medusa's hair slash curse was a gift of power or a punishment? 67% of you said power. 33% yeah. of you said it was a punishment. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I kind of dig that. Like, And that one, I, mean, I was, that. okay. That question mm. really made me think because I was right. like, it depends on which story you believe, you know? Mm -hmm. Because you know how we were talking about how, like, there's a version that sounds like maybe was created by a man and there's mm -hmm. one that maybe sounds like it's a little bit more of a feminist story so I was like I really have to ask myself which one I believe in mm -hmm. answer that question because if I believe like the more male one I believe it's a curse it but been. if I believe mm -hmm. in the more feminist one I believe it's a power so I thought that was a very interesting question it made me really yeah think. I thought so too and I think it also showed who listened to the podcast. <laughs> yeah. And who watched Maybe that's our why Instagram I forgot stories. answering the other question because I thought so hard about yours. Yeah, because you were thinking so hard about this so one. So much I brain mean, power went to that one that I just forgot. It was a questionable experience. one. Like, as much as I want to believe that, like, it was for power. I don't know. I can't help but feel like it was kind of on the fence. Like, it is very mm -hmm. much about which side of the story you believe. But to give her that power is so punishing it's yeah it's just like a little bit of both you got this awesome power that'll protect you from men but you know possibly it protects you from every any man and what if mm -hmm. she was straight and if she lived with her sisters then but like she, that's was, lit. That's she was like gonna be a high priestess anyways you know yeah like, she, she was wasn't gonna, gonna ever like, like doing she had already committed mm -hmm. to being celibate but she didn't commit to life. a life of solitude yeah but maybe she so it's still just lived in the sad. cave with her sisters yeah, if she lived in a cave with the, I mean, that sounds great. Yeah, <laughs> and then it is power. She protects all, yeah. all of her sisters. <laughs> <laughs> um, so thank you so much for responding to those, everybody. Um, make sure you tune into our Instagram next week on Tuesdays, normally at around um, 3 p.m. Toronto time. So if you do the math, um, <laughs> they'll be up for about 24 hours. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, check us out at very.unimportant.people. See you then. See you then. See you on Instagram. Bye. <sighs> Um, before I move into my opinion, I did have one redeeming, um, actually two <laughs> redeeming things that I wanted to say from last episode. Okay. From specifically my section. Lydia's section was bomb. Aww, was best stop it. Thanks, um, <laughs> So sweet. Um, but there was one point where I say that the plane landed in 1946 and then Lydia says, hey, that was during the Second World War. And then I agree with her. And I, swear I now to know God. that it doesn't. I'm going to Google that. 45. You know, the, the date that I had in my head was 48. But I think that's the date that the UN became a thing. Oh, and for some reason, I know no. that date, but not the end of the Second World War. But the Second World War ended in 1945. I'm sorry. Specifically to Ethan and Jackson, um, <laughs> Grain Assault podcast. They they are history buffs. I'm sorry if you were listening and it disappointed you, but we now know. Yeah, we, we are now, know. now know. Lydia knows now. Like now, she just. Looked I literally just googled it because I wasn't. Even though I told her 100 percent sure that she. Yeah. Okay. <laughs>
okay, you know what? <laughs> no need to put me on blast like that, okay? <laughs> it's no, better no. if it's live. Okay, also, I don't think that this might be a redemption for Idiot's Point for next week, but I'm pretty sure that concentration camps didn't close completely until like 46-ish. So, in a sense, we were right. But you didn't say, hey, <laughs> that's, that's when there were concentration camps. You specifically said, hey, that's when... That was during World War Two. Yeah, you're right, and I guess yeah. And like, right. I'm not, I'm not attacking you because I 100% agreed with you. 100% agreed with you. But why did I think it ended in 1949 instead of it started in 1939? I it was 48. Numbers are hard. I thought it was 48. Numbers are hard. So yeah, sorry about that. And then the sorry. other apology that I had was that I kept like referring to pilots as he. And I don't know why I did that. I feel like that's that was an internal thing where I just assumed that pilots are men. But they're not. There's lots of female pilots. So I'm really sorry about making that assumption and using. Very good. It's okay. I, I mean, was, I like, totally... disappointed in myself listening back. I was like, Aww. no. What are you talking about, he? Yeah. So, maybe yeah, some of the pilots, uh, some of the pilot testimonies you were, um, like, reading were men. That's true. So you might have just associated that you were, were talking about, like, that one pilot, right? That one pilot yeah, who true. was kind of a dick. <laughs> That's kind of funny. It's true. Yeah, that's okay. We forgive you. Had dicks on the mind, you know? So. <laughs> My apologies. <laughs> nice. <clears throat> Thank you. Oh my god. Also, for weddings, yeah, if what? you want us to come in and live perform a podcast <laughs> oh, <laughs> instead oh, yeah. of having a band, we are there. Any <laughs> any event, actually, like just not only weddings, any event that you would like mm. a live performance. Bar mitzvah. Batman's Sweet Sixteen. Yeah, we're happy to come to all of your events. Yeah, and we'd be perform thrilled. either musically or a live episode of the podcast. You choose. Mm. You choose. I recommend the podcast option because the singing might be rough, but <laughs> it's up to you at the end of the day. <laughs> We might put in more effort into the song, though, because we it's something we don't know about. You know what I mean? So we might need mm-hmm. to, like, try to learn and do a really giant learning curve for that one. So it might end up being okay. But the mm-hmm. thing with the podcast is your guaranteed quality. Guaranteed. Like, with the song, you're not really sure what's going to happen. But every time, the podcast is fire. So no you can knows, only yeah. expect the best at a wedding. I mean. Or at any of the other events we listed before. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> All right. Um, I feel like I could continue this bit forever, but I know, right? We need to move on. Okay, let's do it. Okay. Fine. <laughs> Did you have any redemptions? I don't think. No, you're, no. You're, I, oh, your section was. Stop it! Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, oh yes, it's my turn to go first. I'm week. excited. We didn't talk about what we were talking about before we the episode, we so we're coming at this with. I, I am. I am going to be honest. Um, you shared your screen before we started recording, and I saw one of your tabs, and I think oh, I know what you're talking about, and yeah, you... I, like, disagree with you, so. Great. Let's do it. <laughs> anyways. Anyways. That's 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 later. That's in the future. We're talking about my Foreshadowing. Spooky. Um, my opinion this week is that um, being a lightweight is better. I love this. Dude. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. I love I'm obsessed. As a heavyweight, I agree. <laughs> okay, yeah. So Lydia's a heavyweight. I'm a lightweight. Um, and people, like, really bash on lightweights. I don't know why everyone loves to hate a lightweight, but 
For some reason, everyone's really mean to us. And I think that this anger is misguided because there are so many reasons why being a lightweight is better. Such as, first of all, it's cheaper, okay? When you have to buy like six, six drinks to get drunk, I only have to buy like two. You're spending like... 20 30 i don't even know how many how much way drinks more drinks are so expensive at bars sometimes like ten dollars a drink if you're downtown it could be like fifteen dollars per drink and like that's, that's a lot that's a lot so of dough much <laughs> yeah so that's my first argument is that it's cheaper second is that it's more fun okay <laughs> it's just more fun <laughs> again going back to that statement like i don't have to do a lot to have a really good time. Whereas you could be spending the whole night getting to that point. Mm, that's true. But I can do it really quickly. Yeah. Um, the taste of alcohol is not always enjoyable. So it would be nice to like just have to well. do that's a couple well. shots and then just be over it and just it's over. And now you can enjoy yourself yeah. instead of just, just having yourself like one or two shots. Mm. Good to go. Um, you also have to drink less, which is healthier for yeah. you and your liver um having to drink less point. like you're still getting the same amount of drunk i guess but like you consume less alcohol mm-hmm. um and then some people on the internet says that it say that it doesn't it means that you don't have to be the mom of the friend group which i disagree with because i am the mom of the friend group and i'm a lightweight yeah but i guess it could mean that because it could mean that like you're the liability of the group you know if you're a lightweight because you're getting drunk really quick um (laughs) we know we know some people (laughs) (laughs) and like there are some there obviously are some downsides like you're gonna get hangovers a lot easier and like you're gonna Mm. die figuratively not like actual die die alcohol die (laughs) oh like alcohol die you (laughs) know like blackout or pass out or end the night a lot sooner than other people potentially Mm mm-hmm um, and so I think the secret to, like, having a good time as a lightweight is to be drinking with a good group of people mm. and to be, like, onerous of the fact that you are a lightweight, okay? Mm. It's so easy to go so wrong as a lightweight, but if you're aware of the fact that, like, you can't keep up with everyone else when they're drinking and, like, maybe every second drink you're going to have something that's non-alcoholic or, like, sit at, or you're not going to mm. do every shot or whatever, um... You can have a lot of fun, but you also have to be part of a group of people that aren't going to pressure you to drink at the same speed as them. Yeah, that's very true. And I don't know why people do that. Like, that's a very weird thing for people to do. But some mm. people get, like, just really weird about that. And they'll, like, try to hype you up and, like... Yeah. But you don't, you don't need to keep up with People just want you to get everyone. really drunk. You also can't pressure yourself, I think. Because sometimes people have issues with, like, someone's taking a shot. Like, I have to take it with them. Because, like, you want to go drink for a drink with someone. But, like, that's just not really necessary. But you don't have to. Guys, just drink. Okay. So, here. The goal that you should have in your head is not to go drink for drink with everybody. But it's to be the same level of drunk as everybody. Just mm-hmm. change the goal in your head. Because you can do that with fewer drinks and still, like, enjoy the night with everyone. As mm-hmm. long as you're just at the same level as them, not at the same drink number as them. How does so tolerance just change your focus? Yeah. How does tolerance? We're play gonna into get this? into this. Okay. Okay. <laughs> We're gonna get into this. So, apparently, there's two types of lightweights. Okay. There's first people who used to be able to drink a ton and now can't mm-hmm. drink like they used to, and the people that were born to be lightweights. <laughs> And, like, I'm not really sure where I sit on this one. I was, like, trying to figure it out. And 
I feel like I'm a little bit of both. I feel like mm. I've always been a bit of a lightweight, but I also feel like I'm definitely not able to drink as much as I once was. Yeah, definitely. Due to my body rejecting so many different types of alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, there's a lot of factors to like that contribute to how much alcohol you can drink. Um, so the first of those is genetics. Mm. Um, there is, it's the MTFR, which is the methamine tetrahydrofolate reductase oh wow great <laughs> and 40 percent of people have this gene 40%. and basically what this means is that you're deficient in a certain enzyme um, that's responsible for detoxifying your body so if you don't have that enzyme the effects of alcohol are quicker because your body is slower at filtering it out that's so cool oh my god yeah wow you really learn a new thing and then every there's day. also something called alcohol dehydrogenase um, which is what is known as the Asian glow. So this is the one that causes people to get flushed mm. um, when they drink. And it is a genetic thing, and that's why it's called the Asian glow, because a lot of Asian people carry this gene. Mm, cool. Um, and it works in the same way where um, your body's not able to, like, filter out the alcohol, so the byproducts of alcohol build up, and they dilate your blood vessels and create a flush. Oh, my God. And obviously the building up makes you a little bit more drunk, too. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's the genetics behind it. So you, there's also something called an alcohol allergy. You can actually be allergic to alcohol, which can make Whoa. you like a little bit more lightweight and like, but I didn't really research that. So we're going to move on. Yeah. Fuck it. <laughs> um, so the, the next thing is gender, which I kind of got a little bit lost in this section because there's so many just like conflicting arguments here. Oh, okay? really? So, okay. Here we go. Okay. So apparently women, one source said women have higher fat ratios, which affects your ability to digest alcohol. Okay. So apparently you're higher, like the more fat you have, the less able your body is to digest alcohol and what? the more of a lightweight you are. I have never heard that. In fact, I've always heard Me the either. opposite that if you're yeah that like when you're fat, smaller yeah then it like yeah. absorbs the alcohol i don't know like yes and there was like another article that said exactly that they were like smaller people can't drink as much alcohol so that's very conflicting mm. um also hormones factor into it um so if you are on birth control it can affect it can slow your ability to process alcohol um but like I guess in that, it could also mean that at different points in your cycle, you might be more or less able to process alcohol, oh, cool. which is interesting because there are days that you like just drink and you get like a lot more drunk than other days. Yeah, that's so true. I never thought it had anything to do with hormones, though. I was just like, oh, maybe I ate a lot today. <laughs> that's cool. And then, okay, there's this like, <laughs> I came across this article, okay, that was like, being a lightweight means you're unhealthy because being a lightweight means you're fat. And then there was just like a picture of the rock, just like all muscly. <laughs> and I was like, what? I was like, I feel like they're forgetting so many important factors here. Already a like, weird source. <laughs> saying that like, <sighs> that fat makes you unhealthy and then building off of the, that women have more fat on their body. Yeah. It's just like, like, that's, that, no, that's, that's not it. <laughs> Women aren't unhealthy because we have fat on our bodies. Yeah, us being light, more lightweight than men has nothing to do with us being unhealthy. It's because we have 
boobies. Yeah, and it's healthy. Butts and like hips that have to carry children, mm-hmm. which which you don't have to do. So I thought that was really weird. But then, but then there was another article that said lightweights are healthier because we have to consume less alcohol and the more alcohol you consume has effects on like your brain function and your liver and your body. Yeah. So I was like in the long run kind of they're they're I talking don't about different it. things though. Like one is talking about the effects but are that alcohol unhealthy has on or are someone. Are lightweights healthy? I like the genetics argument. Like am I fat? <laughs> What do you mean unhealthy? I, I just hated think... how they like phrase that. How they yeah, are, like, that's so lightweights fucked up. are unhealthy. Like I don't think that's true at all because I don't know. I like the second argument that if you like, like I said, they're talking about completely different things though. Like one of them mm-hmm. is very much long term and like what alcohol does to your body. You will be unhealthy if you drink too much alcohol. Therefore, lightweights are healthier because you drink less. But then the other one, like I don't know, that just doesn't really make any sense because in our personal experience, like. Courtney gets drunker a lot faster than I do. And, like, I've always just kind of thought it's because, like, I have, like, a lot more fat on my body and, like, I'm taller than you. Like, that's always just kind of my rationale been for, like, that doesn't really make any sense. (laughs) I I literally don't. I just, I don't at all get it. And then I was also thinking about how, like, heavyweights have to drink more alcohol, which means they have to consume more calories. So it's, like, weird that the more fat on your body, the less able you are. But, like unhealthier people are consuming like more calories and like that would make you unhealthy consuming like more caloric content from alcohol would make you more unhealthy than potentially a lightweight would be you know like if a beer is like a hundred calories yeah like think about how many calories somebody has to consume like a heavyweight who has to drink like seven or eight beers to get drunk versus a lightweight who has to drink like two beers to get drunk. yeah but like in my mind the people who are drinking way more beer are like heavier because of the amount of calorie that they drink so they have more know, fat on like, their body I, so they I are know, i just don't understand that this makes... argument at all about like the higher fat content i don't i don't get it and i agree with you like in my life when i've encountered heavyweights they've most often been people who are you know bigger people than i am yeah and i wouldn't consider you unhealthy i would consider you like pretty fucking healthy i don't know yeah so I just, um, it's very confusing to me. I that very makes... much do not understand these arguments. Um, what science is backing these up? Like, it just sounds like having a picture of Dwayne the Rock Johnson doesn't make you a credible source. <laughs> I know. I always, I thought that was weird, too. Just like, <laughs> just like bodybuilder as if that's a healthy body type. I read this thing the other day. Sorry, this is going to be a little bit of a tangent. Mm. Um. About how, like, nobody wants to talk about how, like, gym bros actually have eating disorders. Oh, like, my that's God. So, that's so true. That Is we, like, it? normalize. Yeah. They're, but don't they like, have to calorie... pack in protein and, like, eat a bunch of... They they go through, like, fluctuations where they're, like, packing and then, like, restricting. Oh. Um. So they basically, like, pack... I think it's called pack. I don't know what it's called. Yeah, that's right. Bulk. Bulk. Oh, yeah. Where they're like bulking up, where they will like consume a lot of calories, but still in that consuming a lot of calories, they're tracking every single thing that they eat. Oh and, my god. Like every single nutritional and like caloric information of all the food that you eat, which is something that's like 
a feature of eating disorders. Yeah. Um, and then once they bulk up, if they're doing, like, competitions or whatever, they have to slim down to, like, this really, really, like, marginal body weight p- percentage. Yeah. Um, so they start to restrict so that, like, the muscles stay, but then you, like, get skinnier. Uh-oh. And for a while, I followed this guy on Instagram. I don't know how I ended up following him, but he was kind of, like, a gym bro, and he, like, had done competitions. And he said that, like, when you're actually in that state, like, all these guys at competitions that look super buff and, like, you know, they're actually, like, extremely weak and fatigued and, like, always starving because they've bulked up their body to have this, like, huge caloric intake and then they just, like, starve their body of it to drop the fat really quickly. Oh, my God. That's so So, gym bros might have eating disorders. It sounds like they do. Oh, my God. think about it. I've heard that those competitions are really unhealthy, too, because a lot of the times you have to... Like, you have to um, dehydrate yourself in order to make your muscles mm-hmm. appear, like, larger. So, for three days before the competition, not only are you starving yourself, but you're also dehydrating yourself. What kind of a life is that? <laughs> for what? Yeah. I don't get it. For what? Yeah. For somebody to, like, give you a mark? That makes okay. no sense. Did you research anything about, like, what right. muscles have to do with, like, uh, being a heavyweight um, or a the next, The next point... I guess, like, the next factor that plays into it was muscle mass. Yeah, because I've And it said the more that... muscular you are, the more alcohol you can handle. Yes, I've heard that, too. And it, apparently it's because alcohol is water-soluble, not fat-soluble. Soluble? So it's but, not I mean, fat-soluble. That... It still doesn't make sense to me. I still don't get <laughs> it. Like, I yes, I think that, like, very muscular people that I know I guess I don't know that many like really muscular <laughs> people but like yeah like they they can consume a lot more alcohol but in my head that's always been because like just they're bigger people yes yeah, and like it isn't necessarily consistent with like the muscular content composition of their body it's just more to do with like the size of their overall body like they're super tall or yeah so oh okay so muscles can so the more muscular you are but Okay. I I honestly, I, like, I have no way to prove this, mm. but I really do think that, like, times in my life when I've weighed a lot less than what I weigh now, I've been more of a lightweight than I am now. But in those times, I was working out and, like, more muscular. So I just, I really don't, I don't know if it's a mind thing, though. It could it just be a brain be a mind thing, thing for me, like, associating, I guess, being smaller with being less able to handle... But then also when you're, like, being smaller and when you're doing the gym and stuff, you're going to restrict your calories and, like, the less that you eat, the more alcohol effects are, right? Yeah. Like, the more healthy food you eat. Like, if you eat vegetables and then go drink, like, it's going to hit you really quick. Mm -hmm. That makes sense to me. Like, you need to eat, like, carbs and stuff and actually have something to absorb the alcohol content. Which I don't think the gym bros are eating. So I don't get it. Um, yeah. Yeah, so I I don't understand. The last point, (laughs) the last point was uh, your intentions, which kind of links into what we were just talking about. Um, If you go out really wanting to get drunk, you are more likely to get more drunk. Yeah, that makes makes sense. sense. I mean, yeah. And they cited that, like, experiment that they did um, where they provided, like, fake alcohol and told everyone that it was alcoholic and, like, people still got drunk. Yeah, I love so, those. Your brain has a lot to do with it. It sure does. 
That's kind of scary, though, because then people are like, oh, like, I can turn off being drunk, you know? And then it's like, boom, I'm completely sober <laughs> because it's all in your brain. Have you heard that argument? It's I like have heard that argument, driving. but I, like, <laughs> reject that argument very I mean, much. I same. Like... <laughs> very much. I think that, like, you being in the mind state of being drunk probably leads you to get drunk, you know? Yeah. And, like, while you're, like, yeah, like, fun persona Excited. you can turn off the actual impairment what's happening in your body is something that you can't turn off yeah that makes you can sense. like stop having fun all of a sudden but like you're still your you're still drunk coordination is still yeah impaired. yeah your body's so. still going through it you can't turn off drunkness everyone <laughs> <laughs> um and then i was like searching the reddit um and i pulled up some quotes I guess, or some points from people who don't like lightweights um, and people who do like lightweights. So people who don't like lightweights, they basically, okay, one person said that being a lightweight means that you have less strength and experience, which first That's of all, like what? like a tolerance thing, right? What, do, what does that have to do with that? But I don't think, like nothing that I read said that you can build up your tolerance. You can build up alcohol tolerance how just by drinking a lot like, yeah apparently don't do that for everyone <laughs> listening don't don't try to build your alcohol tolerance it's kind of called alcoholism so just don't yeah but don't do that but like what does strength and experience have to I don't do know with what anything strength what does strength have to do, to do oh i guess strength has a lot to do with it muscles I guess so. I don't think that's what they were referencing. But I, I feel like so. they're talking about, like, mental strength. Like, fight the alcohol, yeah. you weakling. Like, bro. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, and then somebody else said, apparently, um, lightweights are always behind the rest of the group in terms of what they can drink, which is awkward and kills the buzz. What? Oh which I God. also reject. That's so Because, rude. as I said... It's about being the same level of drunkness as people, not about, like, how many actual drinks you're drinking. Like, why does that matter? It's not awkward. Why does that matter if there's, like, two cups in front of me and, like, five in front of you, but we're the same level of drunk and vibing? Like, That's so fucked up. Like, you might as well just lie about drinking. What's awkward about it? If you're in that group of people, specifically, you might as well just lie about drinking so that you could still remember to be on their same level. But instead of filling your drink with, like straight up like vodka and beer and stuff like that just like put in some like fizzy juice or something yeah a little bit of water pretend yeah, it's vodka just lie to them beer maybe just yeah do something yeah because it's all in their heads that you're drinking yeah it really is like no one else thinks it's that. awkward except for that one person who's like this is so awkward like you're not getting drunk with us you're not, it's like though they are drunk you're not buying a beer you're not gonna come buy a beer with it like sounds like capitalism to me <laughs> <sighs> Ooh, yeah <laughs> that's another layer that's another layer um <clears throat> um and then some people say that you get drunk faster than everyone else and then die mm -hmm. again theoretically die yeah yeah um, before them. people get to your level which is very true about lightweights yeah. if like you don't know how to handle it you're not aware that you're lightweight and you're drinking with the wrong group of people you probably will die a lot faster than the rest of the group and it is definitely a buzzkill when all the drunk people have to take care of you yeah um <laughs> And then one quote that I pulled, it was somebody kind of like making fun of all these comments. And they said, it's like, do you even lift? <laughs> so they were relating it to like bro culture. About <laughs> how, like, summary. <laughs> it really is. It really is. It really is. 
Like, like it's just it's laugh. just everyone's pulling out their dicks. You know, that's all <laughs> it is. That's so funny. It sounds like they're it jealous. Is. It doesn't. I'm not gonna lie. It sounds like they're straight up jealous of lightweights of not having to spend as much money of getting drunk faster of living just amazing lives on their own level of being an independent person and not having to constantly drink with the group and yeah it sounds like they're insecure is Mm -hmm. what it sounds like (laughs) for some reason when somebody like isn't willing to be part of the group not like not be part of the group but isn't able isn't like doing everything that the group is doing at every single stage and every single step It makes them uncomfortable and insecure. So it seems like a little bit intolerant. Mm. And it's definitely bro vibes. It sounds like, I was just about to say, it sounds like there's like an alpha. (laughs) And like the leader of the pack. And then they're like, if the pack don't be drinking, then that means they are showing that they are not respecting my alpha vibe. But in reality, everyone's the alpha. It don't matter. Yeah, Um. (laughs) That sounds toxic. Okay, yes, yes. So in the section of people who liked lightweights, um, one person talked about how it's related to toxic male culture. Oh, this, there like, you lightweight, go. lightweight, heavyweight thing. So there it is, guys. There it is. Um, <laughs> and then they also quoted spending less. And um, hold on. It's actually better for your brain. I wrote these notes last night, so I have to reread them. Oh, Okay. <laughs> Oh, yeah. And then they were also talking about, like, how it's better for your brain because people, like, with higher tolerances, yes, they're able to consume more and not feel the effects, but, like, the effects on the rest of your body are still the same. So, like, the effects on your brain and the effects on your liver and, like, all your systems is still the same. Like, your higher tolerance is going to stop you from getting drunk, but it's not going to protect you from the effects of alcohol. That's so interesting. That's something to think. That's another reason why not to build up your tolerance, guys. Like, yeah, you're saving you're just, your body by drinking Wow, that's less. crazy. In my mind, this means that there's, like, something, some sort of, like, brain synapse that isn't firing at the same time because you've diluted it so much with alcohol that it's pretty much dead. So it takes, like, Mm. first time, it takes three times as much to fire that synapse. I'm definitely not using the right terminology, but I imagine you guys know what, like, a synapse is in the brain. (laughs) I'm just making it up. Fourth time, it takes four times as much. Fifth time, it takes five times as much. That's crazy, but it still has the same effects on your body. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. and they were they did like a study i didn't write it down so i'm probably not going to remember it correctly but it was something about like they took lightweights and heavyweights and had them drink until they were like the same level of drunk and both groups were impaired equally mm-hmm. but then um i think they somehow like fast forwarded a bunch of years and did more tests on like the effects of higher alcohol consumption versus lesser alcohol consumption over the years and while these people were getting to the same level of drunk the people who had higher alcohol tolerances had like more brain damage and like liver damage than people with lower alcohol tolerances oh my god guys be careful out there and then a little (gasps) a little note that i wrote for myself is so while you're you're not feeling like you're getting drunk. You are getting stupider. That's the little note that I wrote for myself. <laughs> wow. That's so fucked up. Mm-hmm. So what's the point of, like, this stupid heavyweight culture and glorifying heavyweights if it's really just damaging to people? If you're just encouraging people to damage their livers and their minds? 
maybe just respect that lightweights are smarter than you. (laughs) Just kidding. That's not a fact, but I mean. (laughs) Yeah, I just think it's like really, I don't know. I think it is like a really male or like not male thing, but like masculine thing. This like to be able to like consume more and this like aggression that like this competitiveness. I think it's competition is what it is. Yeah. Of like who can drink the most and like. If you can't keep up, it means you're weak and you're going to fall behind and, like, you're lesser. And it actually means nothing. Absolutely nothing. It means nothing. It doesn't even matter, guys. It doesn't matter if you're a lightweight or a heavyweight. Like, what's it going to change in your life? Nothing. Seriously. Nothing. You can still live a good life as a lightweight. Mine is a heavyweight. Don't (laughs) let people bully you. It doesn't change your life. It doesn't change your life. Damn. 100%. Don't let people bully you. One of the um, websites had, like, a couple of tips for, I guess, how you can change your alcohol tolerance. So I'll leave you with those, I guess. Mm -hmm. But just remember, know your limits. Drink within them. It's not bad to be Mm -hmm. lightweight. And I'm also not condoning, like, mass consumptions of alcohol through this this talk. I'm not condoning alcoholism. Please drink responsibly. Um, But so you can eat while you're drinking. You can drink slower. You can order alcoholic drinks with a lower, um, like, alcohol unit measurement. Mm. You know how there's, like, different units? Yeah. Um, So you can just order, like, less alcoholic drinks than the people around you. If you're scared of being, like, alienated, that's a really good thing to do. Um, And then also stay away from caffeinated drinks because they mask the effects of alcohol. Oh, yeah, they do. more thinking that they're not having an effect and then... Yeah, that Red Bull Jaeger. I know you love it. I know it's good. (laughs) (laughs) But you'll be you'll be an entire bottle of Jaeger in, and you realize you're not even you're not even drunk. (laughs) Yeah, and then you get hungover the next day. (laughs) So yeah, that was that's pretty much all I have to say. It was just stop bullying lightweights. They're having a lot of fun. They're healthy, and it really doesn't matter how much alcohol you can drink. It doesn't make you a better person. I love that. And if you have bullied a lightweight in the past, say sorry as a part of a group. I'm sorry, Courtney. I might have bullied you in the no, past. No, 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 not no. I don't. I don't think I've been bullied for my. I, don't think so. I mean, I've definitely been the one who's like, "Take a shot, come on." Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Lydia's done that, but she's not like Lydia. Lydia said, "You're not. What am I? You're not like an aggressive person." Yeah, if you're just facts. really looking for everyone to have fun. Like, come yeah, on, take the shot. And then someone says Let's no, and you're together. like, okay, bye. Oh, you're a loser. Like... <laughs> Next time, idiot. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good one. That was a good defense for lightweights. Fun. The case Thanks. for lightweights. My people. Okay, pal. I'm ready. Okay. I'm ready to fight you. I'm scared. <laughs> <laughs> okay, guys. So, um, I didn't know this was like a super contradictory opinion until Courtney told me she wanted to fight me. I thought people kind of agreed on this. And then, you know, I did some research, of course. And I kind of found out that it is highly contested like some people are super against it and some people are super for it and the it in question is participation awards for 
everyone, even if they lost. Okay, let me let me start with a little opener, a little joke, if you will. So um, yeah. I'm sure you guys have all like seen Riverdale. There's this <laughs> there's this stupid stupid part um, where Archie is talking to some guy, and the other guy is talking about. Oh, it was like during football practices or something. And the other guy is like, oh, I, I used to run drugs for my grandma in the fourth grade. And Archie goes, then you will never know the epic highs and lows of high school football. <laughs> and I just wanted that to just first soak it in. Okay. That's really, I don't know. Really weird. Like go off. I love it. Um, okay. But I think that that. I don't agree, obviously, but it kind of makes a good point for the highs and lows of sports and the highs and lows. This is specifically in regards to sports. I didn't really look up anything else in regards to like the participation awards, but I mean, I think the highs and lows are really important. And I think that feeling that like sense of loss when you lose and like the pain of losing versus like the crazy triumph of winning is really important. And I think it can teach you a lot. And the primary objective of sports is like to win, right? So you can't trick kids into thinking that they're not playing the game to win. Like obviously you're playing because it's good for you and like it's good to be on a team and it's good to like have this healthy attitude towards life and be a healthy person. But winning is fun and winning is great. And this is mostly for kids in the ages of like under um, under 10, I think, because around the ages of eight to 12, kids actually start uh, stop stop being interested in participation awards because they kind of realize that it's kind of a lie. <laughs> so they just completely like skip that part of it. Um, so I did a little bit of digging, of course, and it was really easy to find information on this. If you want to Google it, like go for it. So um, someone has the opinion. It's kind of a savage quote, but I'm going to let it play out. Kids never get the chance to experience failure or learn from it. They grow up feeling entitled to rewards simply for showing up. Another one, participation awards are creating a weaker generation, which is a pretty wild claim, but I don't totally disagree with it. I find myself in the position that I think that having, letting everybody win, like it's, I don't think it's good for your, for your mental health. Cause I think, in the long run, feeling like you deserve an award, even if you like didn't really put in the work, can be damaging. And in the future, you might, like it was saying, you might feel entitled and it might kind of devalue people who put in a lot of effort if everybody gets the award. You know what I mean? No. <laughs> no not at all I do not at all agree with I do not at all agree with people getting mad about participation awards um, because like I get what you're saying about like the entitlement but I think especially when it comes to like sports um, and young children like sports is something that some people have like a natural ability to do mm. and winning sports or winning an athletic competition doesn't actually normally correlate to who's putting in the most effort <clears throat> it correlates to who has the best natural ability to do something. And I think that um, always awarding the person who comes in first 
um, by whatever measurements that competition is, um, a medal actually creates entitlement in people who are naturally gifted at things. Mm, and people like the people who like the person that comes in first is probably somebody who doesn't actually have to try that hard like if we're doing like a Mm. cross-country race the person that comes in first is probably not putting in that much effort because they're probably really good at it and maybe yes they've put in the work in the past but often in like school settings you don't have a choice whether you want to participate in that activity or not yeah that's true and if somebody's not really good at something And they take, especially a child, and they take the opportunity to try that thing and put themselves out there. I think that's something that you should reward and, like, reward this exploration and not just say that, like, you have to be good at this thing and you have to win to do it. But it's okay if you're not good and, like, trying hard is enough. Like, you don't have to be naturally good at something to do it and you don't have to win to do it. But, like, I think it's, I think it's okay to reward people for, like, trying it. Yeah, I think that's I don't a really nice thing to do. To. Like, I don't think that I think that part of trying something and like not succeeding at it right away can actually build a little bit of like grit in your personality. And you're like, okay, well, I'm just gonna keep trying it, or you just do it because you like it. You don't like do it just to win. Like, I think, but I think that's what people start doing. They start doing things just to win because if you win, you get the reward, and if you don't win, you don't get a reward. So then the people who are winning are the people who are most likely to keep doing those things. And the people who didn't get the reward are more likely to feel discouraged and to not continue to put themselves out there and, like, try new things. Because, like, but that I think you need to stupid learn asshole to... that was in first place is like, nah, I go first. Slow. I know. Sometimes kids can Loser. be savages. I think that a little bit needs to come from inside, from feeling, like, accomplished in yourself that you were able to do something despite not being the best at it. Like, sometimes that's how life is, you know? Like, that's something you need to learn in your life, that sometimes you just need to keep doing things, even if you kind of suck at them. And you need to find intrinsic motivation to do those things. It doesn't always have to come in the form of a medal or something being like, good job, like, you tried. Like, you know you tried. You know you did good. You know you tried. You know you did your best. Like, there's not always going to be a physical award later on down the line in your life. Um, Okay, I have, like, another point here. So... Um, covering up failure <laughs> by like I'm not saying that like you failed but like covering up not getting first place in like the final competition or something like that um, kind of leads to this idea that you're covering up failure and it might be something to be ashamed of when that's not really the truth you shouldn't feel ashamed of failure you should feel like you can try to like acknowledge it you can learn from it and you can be better next time you can grow as a player you can grow as a person like it you don't need to put a band-aid on losing you can just acknowledge it and move forward and try to win next season or something like that i think it can give you more motivation to feel like well next time i'm gonna get it next time i'm gonna get it instead of feeling like the first place or second place or third place is cheapened by the fact that everybody gets a medal but like i just i like i don't think we need to be training kids this like competitive aggressive nature which Mm. is what gets fueled by this whole like winning thing is this like really aggressive competitiveness that I think later in life turns into a generation that's less caring and that doesn't really care about the people 
behind them, they just care about getting first place and don't really care what they have to do to get there because that's what's valued. And like, I think that being sensitive and like caring Mm -hmm. is often considered to be a weakness. And I think that's really false. And I think that's where this assumption comes that like we're raising a weaker generation. I don't think that's true at all. I think that we could be raising a more caring generation, a generation that says like we can all create this experience together and have a lot of fun with it rather than you're either going to win and be really happy or lose and then you have to learn from that to be better next time. I don't think that's something we need to teach kids. And I also don't think that giving kids first, second, or third place versus participation ribbons in grade school, young in life, really has that much effect on their life. That's one of the other issues that I have with this debate (laughs) is I like it. I love how fired up like adults get about it. Yeah. (laughs) But I don't I don't really think it affects the kids that much, to be honest with you. I think Mm, kids like kids. I think kids are like really they haven't been like tainted yet in a lot of ways. Yeah. So I think like everyone's just happy to be there and happy having fun. And I think people that are like upset that they didn't get first are upset because they've learned at home that like if you get first, you get reward. Yeah, and, that's true. oh, I tried hard. You have to reward me now because I tried hard. That's how this works. Where like that's not that's not how yeah. it works. Like, I think you can you can do the best and not be recognized for it. You don't have to be recognized for doing the best just because you're good at it. Like I think yeah, that's, that's true. I think that's also a stupid thing to teach people that like oh, if you're the smartest, you get rewarded. If you're the quickest, you get rewarded. That's. Mm-hmm. But it's also a motivation thing. Like, you want to get, like, first place. I kind of see what you mean about, like, maybe for young kids, it probably doesn't really matter that much. Like, they're just trying to have fun. They're literally just trying to go outside and, like, pick daisies on the field and stuff like that. Like, I don't really mind that much for, like, really, really young kids. But I feel like it can also kind of, like, I think learning how to fail and being okay with that is really important. And it builds character. And But I don't don't think... I don't think that, like, I think humans are naturally in, like, inherently competitive. And I don't think that not giving somebody a first place ribbon takes away from the way that they feel that they were faster than everyone else. I think they really still see that as, as an accomplishment. And because, like, humans are judgmental and, like, we're very self-conscious, like, the people who are coming in last are still very aware of the fact that they are the slowest people. And the, like, if we're thinking about a race and, like, the intention of this was to win, like, that's what you're supposed to do to be fast to do a race. And they're aware that they're slow and it doesn't take away from that fact. Like, people are still going to want to be the person that's faster, despite if there's a participation ribbon or not. But, like, yeah, that's true. We don't need to be teaching people that if you're the fastest, you get a reward. I think that's yeah, really Yeah, but if you know it, <laughs> if you know it inside of you, like, if you know that you like this happens on like the field and stuff like that you know what place you got even if you didn't get like a reward for it like if i got sixth place and Mm -hmm. like someone else got seventh place i know at least i was better than like the seventh place team or something like that but that's what what i'm saying getting a participation ribbon wouldn't change that thing in you yeah it wouldn't change the feeling that like you might have failed or you might have won so then why do we need to reinforce that they know that the first and second and third place people got first and second and third place Right? So why, why not can't just, we like, enforce like being caring and like being accepting of people? Like those people still know they won and still know they lost, but like mm-hmm. why do we have to say that if you win you're better than everyone else? Mm-hmm. And if you lose you're worse than everyone else. Everyone like already feels that on the inside. Since they're children, maybe let's start fostering an environment where people feel like they can like put themselves out there and try new things. 
and that trying is enough, that you don't have to be the fastest. And also, okay, this is also going to get, like, very deep and, like, really off topic. (laughs) Okay. But, like, the reality of the world that we live in is that your directability doesn't actually solely influence where you go in life. There's a lot of external things that influence that, right? Mm. Like, it could be, like, your race, your gender, if you're able body, like, all of these things influence it. So... In life, the people that come in first are generally the people with the least social obstacles and barriers. Mm-hmm. And this idea that, like, if you win, you're the best and you tried the hardest, that's, like, instilled with us, instilled into us when we're young. I think in the real world, thinking that and then looking at the way that it plays out is kind of toxic, you know? Yeah, I guess thinking it's that, not like, always the true. People that are, yeah, the people that are winning, the people that are high up oh, it's just because they tried the hardest. It's because they deserve that. They could but have cheated their But that's not necessarily way. always true. Yeah. Yeah. And they're not facing as many barriers as somebody else might be facing. Yeah, that's true. So, anyways, that was my little <laughs> political tangent. <laughs> no, that's a good point. Um, <clears throat> okay, I'm going to finish Sorry. it. I mean, I feel really stupid. <laughs> yeah, no, it's okay. <laughs> no, 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 no. I feel no, like I'm definitely like... on the wrong side of this argument at this no, point. No, no, but... <laughs> I, don't, I don't think you... I think most people are on your side. Like, a lot of the arguments that I've heard are people who are against it. And, like, I I do recognize that people, like, need to learn how to fail. Mm -hmm. But most of the reason why I have an issue with this argument is because it's adults that have an issue with this argument. And they really think it's, like, this big, huge deal that's going to, like, change the world and, like, raise this weak generation. When I don't think the kids actually really care that much. Like, the only kid that cares is the kid that came in first and all the other kids are having a better time. So. Not a man. The first place kid is always like the one who's like being the most annoying about it. That's a fact. A hundred percent. Okay, so this psychologist, right, Doctor Roncis Vale. So he said that by handing out these awards, it kind of teaches kids that you don't need to learn how to handle feelings of negative emotions, and it unintentionally creates situations where young people feel disempowered and even assume that everyone has hostile intentions. So the negative patterns of thinking are habits of anxious and depressed people. And he says that it comes at no coincidence that there's been a rise in anxiety and depression. Because when everyone's a winner, we're creating an environment in which children will struggle with chronic negative emotion and mental health problems. Absolutely not. Absolutely (laughs) not. The world in which you have to believe that only one person can win to succeed is a very toxic world. It's basically the Mm. capitalist world. We're basically instilling a capitalist mindset into children. And the reason that children are more depressed isn't because you gave them participation awards. It's because the real world is really cruel and unfair. Like, that's why. That's a good point. What do you mean? What do you mean? Anyways, sorry. (laughs) Um, And then my last one is about how... um, like, kid, like, kids start to grow up and, like, realize that they've kind of been cheated a little bit if they keep getting these participation awards. And they're like, oh, wait, I haven't been, like, completely, like, this isn't, this is useless. Like, this means nothing kind of thing. So mm-hmm. this um, woman from a newspaper, Tori Borsch, said that participation trophies um, were worse than no recognition because they're an insulting suggestion that a trinket could trick you into feeling like you accomplished something okay but then the the same argument (laughs) for the first place person that medal for first place is a trinket that tricks you into thinking that's an accomplishment maybe we should just get rid of trophies altogether 
yeah, like, what if we just all run around and have fun? Can we just have fun instead of competing? Guys, guys. I think competition is just healthy. Just an idea. Competition is fine, but I really hate all these arguments that, like, we're cheating children. I, I still really stand by the point that it's the world <laughs> that's cheating children. Oh. And capitalism and the patriarchy and racism that's, yeah. tr- that's, that's tricking children. It's not the participation ribbon. Yeah, I mean, no, this is very small. It's the small. shitty world that we live in. Like, come yeah. on, guys. These are very small fishes. Fishes that they are frying. Yeah. Like, yeah, maybe they could focus their energy somewhere else. I mean. I think we should just, like, I, I don't think it matters that much. Fair enough. I don't think participation ribbons are going to destroy a generation. I really don't. But then what if they feel like they always, like, they expect a lot? even if they don't put in that much effort. Like, you do something, you put in zero to no effort. Do people deserve only to be cared about if they're trying or if they're putting into effort about something? Do we not... If you're at a place where you're expected to try and put in effort, then I think I think people should be cared about without having... Like, I think that should just be the baseline. Yeah. Cool, yeah, you should put an effort on top of that, but I don't think we should be, like, creating a world where you're only valid and you're only valued and cared for if, like, you're trying to be the best. I think that's really toxic. <laughs> Personally. <laughs> okay. I know a well, lot of Courtney people are going to come at me really after this. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm very radical. No, like, I don't even... <laughs> it's all good uh, i mean like you make a lot of really good points like yes. you know socialism for all basically <laughs> yes participation ribbons are socialism first place ribbons capitalism are be capitalism. toxic i mean it'd be interesting to see like what would happen if if yeah, yeah. only participation trophies are given out to every single person even people who got first place second place or a third place it would completely is that what it is no, it's like first place, second place, and third place get. Oh. Well, I guess in some instances, but first, second, third get trophies, and then everyone else gets participation. People have an issue with that. Yeah, people have an issue with people still getting first and second place ribbons, but then just like everyone gets like a cool thing to take home. Yeah, people have much. an issue with that. <laughs> yeah, because the trophy mindset. The trophy is. A but they state didn't get. They, they, it's they're still very aware of the fact that they didn't get first or second place. Like it doesn't change that. Yeah, it's not changing that's this the competitiveness whole point about feeling like all. they're being tricked though, and about feeling like they're covering up some sort of How failure. Are they being tricked? They're not co- because what? they still I get literally an don't understand. <laughs> I don't understand it. Never have I received a participation ribbon and been like, "Oh yeah, you're right. I did win." No, I got a participation ribbon, and I'm like, "Oh shit." Okay, I didn't win. Like, yeah. I got the participation ribbon, which means I didn't win. It's just so like solidifying the, the fact the that ribbon? you didn't win. I think we should change the whole system. I agree with you. <laughs> okay. Get rid of the competitive. <laughs> okay, great. Everyone should get a participation <laughs> ribbon, whether you come in first, second. I don't care. I don't care. Watch the world burn, people. Jesus Christ. Watch. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's okay gotta rein it in gotta rein it in sometimes no 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 it's fine mm-hmm. anyways um yeah i don't get why people are mad about that i think that's really stupid i don't think that's yeah i mean harm. in the grand scheme of things like it doesn't really matter that much kids be kids um yeah that's pretty much all i had there was like one more <laughs> yeah. um there was one more point 
about university and like this woman compared it to going into university getting a bad grade and like completely falling apart because it's the first time you've experienced failure because if like a trophy is a symbol of like winning and doing well and you always get a trophy even if you fail and then you get nothing out of failing you kind of start to feel like maybe you're not like cut out for it and you don't challenge yourself as much. I still 100% disagree. I still think that people who get participation okay. ribbons so. <laughs> think that feel like they have failed. I don't think that changes anything. Or what? Sorry. Yeah. I don't. You know, I see what you mean. It is kind of capitalistic to get a physical reward for doing something. And like giving people a participation ribbon like that's... but still giving first and second and third place different ribbons is still a sign of failure. It's still a sign of you didn't mm, get true. this thing. You didn't get the good thing. You got the thing that everyone else gets. Less good thing. It's still a slap in the mm. face. Like, I don't think it's teaching anyone anything <laughs> about anything different. I don't think it's changed anything. I think schools just mm. now have to buy more ribbons. Like, this is it. This, yeah, it didn't that's change true. the structure. Pollution. People are still competing to get first think and second place Earth. because they want the special ribbons. Mm. Not like, it doesn't change. It just moved everything up one step. I, yeah, that's true. It makes sense. Maybe chill. it was that chill it was fuck out everyone. everyone gets participation and there's no first place. I don't. I could, I don't yeah, I could. Don't I could understand know. people I getting more that angry about that, that one, way. about everyone getting a participation ribbon. I still reject it. But if, mm. if 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 it's just that, like, we just give other people other ribbons, but first and second, third place still get ribbons, special ribbons. Chill the fuck out, everyone. Nothing has changed. <laughs> Absolutely nothing has changed. <laughs> Vote Courtney 2021, guys. <laughs> Our supreme leader. That's, I'm just going to start every um, press relief with just like, chill the fuck down. Like, can you, can you calm down? Chill the fuck down, guys. Anyways. Find your chill and just- Calm down, it. boomer. That's how I feel about this. Just calm down, boomer. Nothing has changed. Love that. Okay, well, I'm sorry to bring, like, a boomer uh, sense of view to this podcast this week, everybody. Sorry. It's fine. I really still think you're in the majority <laughs> about this. I haven't met a lot of people that maybe hold the opinion that I do on this. But we'll see. We'll see in the poll. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. Thank you. Sorry. I didn't Maybe mean it's to, just like, holding on to an old way of doing things. I didn't mean to bash you. That wasn't my intention there. My it's okay. Apologies. Your opinion your is very valid, and I see your opinion. And your opinion I is also valid. It. You're right. It is important <laughs> to learn how to fail. That is very important in life. That was, okay, that's, right. yeah, right? I guess. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it is, it is important. Okay. It is important. So there is skill. at least one solid point. Yeah. You know what? If we, if anything, we found a middle we ground. Did. People on both sides can agree that failure yes. is important and learning how to fail and taking it like a champ is important but maybe there's just different ways of accomplishing that mm -hmm. and learning how to fail in different ways yeah and maybe just get rid of the and whole participation system. ribbons <laughs> and everyone else is getting other ribbons what would we do? still like, a slap in the face just true and i mean people still see like in terms of the olympic sports how how would it work that they only got participation awards. Like no one would get first, second, or third. Like no one, yeah. In the Capitalism games, would, would that collapse. Get rid of <laughs> the world would burn. What do we do if we're not trying to compete with each other for first place? What do we do? 
That's a very good question. Mm. Okay, guys, think about that tonight when you go to bed. What would the world be like? Yeah, I don't think it would work. Any I don't think it would work in the Olympics, but I think that's because the Olympics is a very like aggressive, competitive space. Yeah, that's true. So. Yeah. Whereas like home sports is probably not too big of a deal. Yeah. Like you still have fun. Dope. <laughs> Okay, guys, let us know what yeah, you think. Let us I know. mean, <laughs> sorry if that was controversial, but I don't think it was too controversial. It's good. Should we okay. move on? Well, that was the conclusion. Yeah, that was a good point. Got me fired up. So, go work. Yeah, out. that was great. <laughs> That's <was> so exciting. <laughs> I'm thrilled. My adrenaline is crazy. That brings us to the end of the podcast, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in this week, whether you're just listening to us in the car, you're eating breakfast, drinking coffee. Thank you so much for making us a part of your day. And if you are interested in any of Courtney's opinions on... You got this. Oh, on on being a lightweight? <laughs> and, but please let us know on our Instagram, and there's going to be a poll out. And if you're interested in many of, any of my opinions about participation awards and how they're dumb, then let us know as well. You can contact us at um, our email address, which is at hatersclickhere at gmail.com. That's H-H-T-R-S, click here, at gmail.com. You can also participate in our poll on Tuesday. And that is on our Instagram, at very.unimportantpeople. Very.unimportant.people, my bad, guys. Um, you can also find us on Twitter, at theunimportantppl. And you can, uh, yeah, you can DM us, you can message us, let us know what you think. Also subscribe to our Patreon. It's only $4 a month and you get some awesome extra content and we write blog posts and we put all kinds of stuff up there. So if you want to see more and it's really, really funny, and whoever, like, maybe even funnier than this just podcast. Just like subscribes first is going to 100% forever be our favorite fan. So if you want to, same yeah. argument as the beginning. If you want to like know p- famous people before they're famous, subscribe now. Mm. We will know you by name. And then when we get famous, you'll still be our favorite fan. So yeah, you need to get on that, definitely. And also, you're 100% going to get your money's worth at oh, this 100%. point. Because we have 13 weeks of content <laughs> on Ready our Patreon. For, you. for only $4? Are you kidding me? And we're just me? aching like, hurry up to make we like, raise the price. some welcome videos <laughs> for someone, guys. There's going to be so much energy coming yeah. out of the first Patreon. You know you want it. Ooh, yeah. You're going to love it. Okay, yeah. So definitely go do that. And thank you so much for sticking with us. If you're listening to the end of the podcast, comment a clown emoji on our next Instagram Ooh. post. And that's how we'll know. <laughs> that's a good one. I'm so scared. For us for... I know, me too. Why did I pick clown? That's like the meanest emoji. <laughs> it's fine. Comment the clown. Let us know you're here. And have a great day.